Here's some words of wisdom uh, from children. Bill, who was 10, said, never trust your dog to watch your food. Chris, 11, said, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid, don't answer him. Mary, who was 9, said, if you want a cat, start out by asking for a horse. Sarah, 8, said, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. And Sam, who is seven, said, don't ever try to baptize a cat. We learn wisdom from what we do well and from what we do wrong, as these children found out. We are continuing in the series we started last week titled Walking Wisely. God's Word is full of encouragement to us and instruction for us to help us to walk wisely as followers of Jesus Christ. Solomon told us in Proverbs 9 and verse 10, uh, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The beginning of wisdom is to understand who God is, to understand how great our God is, to understand who we are, to understand how desperately we need God, to understand our way to God is by faith in Jesus, and to receive God's gift of salvation by placing our faith in Jesus. This is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge, biblically, we understand, is the accumulation of truth about God, His Word, and our lives. Knowledge, biblically, is the accumulation of truth about God, His Word, and our lives. Wisdom, biblically, is the skill and ability to put our knowledge and understanding into practice in our lives. It's the skill and ability to put that knowledge into practice day by day, step by step, as followers of Jesus Christ. The definition of wisdom we are using for this series, once again, is wisdom is seeing and living life God's way. Wisdom is seeing and living life God's way. It's seeing life from God's perspective. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Seeing ourselves, others, and our circumstances the way God sees us, others, and our circumstances, and thereby responding by faith in Him in obedience to him. We see life God's way, and then we obviously live life God's way. Wisdom is seeing and living life God's way. As we discussed last week, Solomon was a man of great wisdom. Solomon had the ability, the skill he received from God to see and live life God's way. Our challenge on a day-by-day -day basis is to keep our minds focused on God and the truth of his word to keep our minds filled with God and the truth of his word so we can walk wisely, so we can see and live life God's way. As we've shared many times, the principle that we see throughout God's word, we see it also at work in our lives, is the simple principle we think, we feel, we act. As we think the way God wants us to think, everything starts with our minds. We're then able to feel the ways God wants us to feel, which then produces the actions that God wants us to produce. We think, we feel, we act. Our middle daughter, uh, Macy, is preparing and studying for the MCAT uh, that she'll be taking in a couple of months. And uh, this last week, as she was preparing and studying, she came in one night late and she said, Dad, I got something pretty cool to share with you. And I said, okay. 
I'm not sure I'll understand what you're going to tell me, but I'll listen anyways. Uh, and uh, she said, uh, I'm studying today about the theories of emotion and doing a lot of research and, and preparation. And she said what was interesting is psychologists have uh, come to the uh, unanimous or fairly unanimous agreement uh, that the leading behavioral theories today, the most prominent leading behavioral theory today, uh, is the same leading behavioral theory that was probably the first one years and years and years back. A psychologist began looking at emotion, began looking at behavior, began looking at these theories. Uh, and she said, it's now uh, been confirmed that most psychologists agree it's the same one that was there from the very beginning. Though others have come and gone, most have come and then gone other than this main one. And she said the leading behavioral theory today among psychologists is the cognitive physiological behavioral theory, which she said, Dad, that's so awesome because that's just what you say all the time. We think, we feel, we act. And I smiled and said, imagine that, Macy, science confirming the scriptures. Imagine that. And I was able to share with her, all wisdom is from God. All truth is from God because God is the God of all truth and all wisdom. It all begins and starts with him. And we see this in our lives day by day, step by step. We understand and realize that when we see life God's way, we want to live life God's way. Because when we see life God's way, we understand his way is best. And we know, thankfully, as we shared briefly last week, that wisdom is based on our SQ, not our IQ, our surrender quotient, not our intelligence quotient. The more we live surrendered to God, the wiser we will walk with God day by day. Now let's look at these three pillars that we built the foundation of this series on last Sunday. We'll go through these just real quick. We spent time with them last week, so I'm just going to hit them real quick this morning. Number one, we need wisdom. We all need wisdom. We all need the ability, the skill to see and live life God's way. We see and live life God's way by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Understand that's the very beginning point. Again, the beginning of wisdom is receiving God's gift of salvation by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Secondly, the second point, the pillar, the foundation of truth is that wisdom is from God. Wisdom is from God. Solomon told us in Proverbs 2 and verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is from God because God is our all-wise, all-knowing God. I love what A.W. Tozer, a prominent Bible scholar, teacher, and author said years ago. He said, the wisest person in the world is the person who knows the most about God. The wisest person in the world is the person who knows the most about God. The third foundational point is we need to ask God for his wisdom. As James said, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. The principle we focused on, ask and believe and you will receive. Ask and believe and you will receive. We ask God for wisdom because God tells us to ask him for wisdom. Well, we believe God will give us his wisdom when we ask him for wisdom because God tells us he will give us his wisdom when we ask him for wisdom. And so if we ask and believe, we'll receive God's wisdom. God will give us the skill, the ability to see and live life his way. Why wouldn't he? He's at work in us to willing to act according to his good purpose. He is carrying on that good work of salvation that he started in us until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we see this play out uh, in the word, in the characters that we've looked at in the word, and we also see it in our lives. So open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to dive into this passage, and we'll probably be in this passage for the next several weeks. Ephesians chapter 5, 
Paul wrote uh, the book of Ephesians to the believers in the church at Ephesus. And so we're going to be able to read this letter from Paul to these believers. We'll be able to study this uh, because it's in God's word for you and me today. As you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, let me just kind of break it down for you in a real real high-level summary form. Paul uh, focused his writing and his teaching in the first three chapters of Ephesians to doctrine. What should we know? The first three chapters, chapters 1, 2, and 3, if you read through Ephesians, many of you have, most if not all of us, we've studied it here on Sundays, uh, verse by verse through before years past. When you look at chapters 1, 2, and 3 in Ephesians, you'll see that Paul focused his writing and his teaching on doctrine. He was sharing with us what we need to know. He said, among other things, for you were once dead in your sins and transgressions. You were separated from God because of your sin against God. But God, rich in grace and mercy, made us alive with him in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. For by grace we are saved through faith. This is not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not by work so that none of us can boast. For we are created in God's image. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Understand and know and realize God saved us from sin, but God saved us for the Savior, Jesus. God saved us from death, but God saved us for life in Jesus. God saved us from an eternity in hell, but God saved us for an eternity in heaven with Christ Jesus. God saved us from hopelessness and meaninglessness to purpose and calling and mission and ministry in Christ Jesus. God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And when he saved us, he left us here on earth. He didn't promote us right on to paradise. He left us here on earth. Why? So that we could be transformed in the likeness of Christ. Why? So that we could be effective in helping others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus. You see, God left us here on earth so that we could expand his kingdom. So that we could advance his kingdom. Because we are part of his kingdom in Christ Jesus. And so we see we have been saved from sin, but more than that, we've been saved for the Savior, Jesus Christ. There's purpose and there's meaning, there's calling for us. This was part of the doctrine, what we should know, that Paul shared there in the first three chapters. Paul then focused in chapters 4, 5, and 6, in the second three chapters, Paul focused his teaching and his writing on duty, what we should show. No one understand we should show what we know as followers of Jesus Christ. Knowledge for knowledge's sake puffs up. All knowledge is meant to be fleshed out and lived out in our day-to-day lives. As James said, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do it. We are to show what we know. And so beginning in chapter 4, what Paul said was, Therefore... Based on all that I just shared with you in chapters 1, 2, and 3. Based on all the doctrine that I just unloaded on you in chapters 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, Paul said, as a prisoner for the Lord, live your life worthy of the calling you've received from God in Christ Jesus. And so Paul began telling us, we're now supposed to live what we've learned in chapters 1, 2, and 3. We now live it out. And here's how we do it in chapters 4, 5, and 6. What we're supposed to know, what we're supposed to show. And so as he continues there in chapter 4, he begins making his way all the way through chapter 6. In the middle of chapter 5, the very middle of chapter 5, in the middle of Paul's teaching us about what we need to show, our duty to live out what we've learned from God in Christ Jesus, we find verse 15. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. Pay very careful attention. Pay careful attention then to how you live. 
careful attention to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. In the middle of this teaching section, what we need to show, Paul identifies for us the vital importance of walking wisely. He highlights for us the importance of wisdom. Why? Well, because walking wisely helps us to show what we know. Walking wisely helps us to obey God's truth to us. Walking wisely helps us show what we know that Paul has been teaching from chapter 4 through the middle of chapter 5. Walking wisely helps us to walk worthy of the calling we've received from God in Christ Jesus. Walking wisely helps us to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Walking wisely helps us to grow with the maturity in Christ Jesus. Walking wisely helps us to speak God's truth and love to one another. Walking wisely helps us to put on our new self, clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Walking wisely helps us to not let the sun go down on our anger. Walking wisely helps us to not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. Walking wisely helps us to speak only words that will build and encourage others so that it benefit those who listen. Walking wisely helps us to be kind and compassionate to one another. Walking wisely helps us forgive one another because in Christ Jesus, God has forgiven us. Walking wisely helps us to imitate God as dearly loved children and to live a life of love. Walking wisely helps us to live holy lives because we are children of light and we are called to walk as children of light. Walking wisely helps us to show what we know leading up to chapter 5 and verse 15. But we see also this truth applies. Walking wisely helps us apply the truth that follows after chapter 5 and verse 15. Walking wisely helps us to be godly husbands and godly wives. Walking wisely helps us to have godly marriages. Walking wisely helps us to love, honor, obey, and respect our parents. Walking wisely helps us to be godly fathers and godly mothers. Walking wisely helps us to be godly parents. Walking wisely helps us to have godly families. Walking wisely helps us to be godly employers and employees. Walking wisely helps us to work as unto the Lord and not unto people. Walking wisely helps us to be strong in the Lord and in his vast strength. Walking wisely helps us to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the schemes, the tactics, the temptations, the lies, and accusations of our enemy. Walking wisely helps us to pray in the spirit with every prayer and request. Walking wisely helps us to intercede for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Walking wisely helps us to persevere and endure in our prayer for one another another to know Jesus and grow in Jesus and tell others about Jesus. Paul is making a point to us and his point is obvious. His point is clear. We need to walk wisely. We need to walk wisely today. And thankfully, Paul gives us some instruction, some encouragement. He shares some truths with us here in this passage as to how we can walk wisely. So let's begin looking at this encouragement instruction for us uh, this morning. The first point we see is walking wisely means be careful. Walking wisely means be careful. First off, he said, be careful. Walking wisely means be careful. In verse 15, Paul wrote, pay careful attention then. Pay attention is a command. For us to obey today and every day. Pay attention. God wants you and I to pay attention. That word is blepo in the original language. It means to behold, to examine, to look, 
to see with spiritual eyes. God wants us to pay attention. But not just that. God wants us to pay careful attention. God wants us to pay very careful attention. Careful acrobos. It means accurately. It means carefully. It means exactly. So God wants us, each one of us, to pay careful attention to. He wants us to look and examine accurately and exactly how we live and walk each day as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, thankfully, Paul told us why God wants us to pay careful attention to how we live and walk as a follower of Jesus Christ day by day. Paul told us why God wants us to look and examine accurately at our own life, the way we live and the way we walk as a follower of Christ day by day by day. And he told us in verse 15, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. So here it is. God wants us to pay careful attention to how we live and walk each day. That's for you and that's for me. God wants us to look and to examine ourselves closely, accurately, to make sure, so that we can make sure that the best of our ability, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us, so that we can make sure that we are walking as wise people, not as unwise people. God does not want us to walk as unwise people. He doesn't want you to walk as unwise. He doesn't want me to walk as unwise. Unwise means without wisdom. That's what living means. Unwise, the ah there in front of Sophos, it's without, without wisdom. Being unwise means being foolish and silly. And not in the silly fun kind of way. Being foolish. Living with silliness in our day-to-day lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Living unwisely is trusting in ourselves rather than trusting in God. Living unwisely is turning away from all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus and trying to take matters in our own hands day by day. Living unwisely is trusting in our wisdom, not God's wisdom. Living unwisely is living independent of God. It's living our day-to-day lives without taking the time to think about God, to spend time with God, to look into his word. It's just getting up and going about our lives the best that we can. That's living unwisely as a follower of Jesus Christ. And Paul said, if you want to walk wisely, and if you want to get all the benefits that come from walking wisely, well, you need to be careful. You need to pay careful attention to how you live, to how you walk day by day. So that you make sure that you're not living unwisely. See, what God wants us to do is he wants us to live as wise people. Living wisely means seeing and living life God's way. Living wisely means getting into God's word on a day-by-day basis so that we can see and live life God's way. Living wisely means living surrendered to God so that we are able to walk in the power of God so that we might be able to see and live life God's way. Living wisely is putting God's word into practice in our day-to-day lives. Living wisely is trusting in God, not ourselves. Living wisely is trusting in God's wisdom, not our wisdom. Living wisely is living dependent and reliant upon God. 
running to him, turning to him, crying out to him all throughout our day. Not just early in the morning when we have our time with the Lord, but all throughout our day, into the evening, crying out to the Father. That's living living with wisdom. Remember, as A.W. Church said, the wisest person in the world is the person who knows the most about God. The wisest person in the world is the one who depends the most upon God, who surrenders to God. We demonstrate wisdom as we understand and realize each day that we need God's help to live God's way. We desperately need his help to live his way. And so this is what Paul is telling these believers in Ephesus. And we, as we come to this, we look at this, and we understand the same truth applies to you and to me this morning. We need to, to live wisely. We need to be careful that we walk wisely. All kinds of circumstances and challenges that come our way. These believers are dealing with all kinds of different circumstances, challenges, opposition, persecution, Walk wisely, walk wisely. We come in and many of us come into this room and we're carrying heavy burdens and cares and concerns for ourselves, for our loved ones. Walk wisely. Be careful to walk wisely. And then Paul shares with us a few reasons as to why we need to be careful. Why do we need to be careful? Well, he tells us a few reasons here in this passage why we need to be careful to walk wisely. This first truth, if we're going to walk wise, we need to be careful. We need to pay careful attention to how we live. We need to focus on the Lord and his truth of his word. We need to allow the Holy Spirit of God, as Paul said, to examine us, to make sure that we're, we're living wisely. We need to be careful that this happens in our time with the Lord on a day-by-day basis. There's some reasons why we need to be careful to live wisely. The first reason we need to be careful to live wisely is our flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. We need to be careful to live wisely because our flesh is weak. We need to be careful so that we don't stumble, trip, and fall in our walk with Jesus. As Paul had said previously in chapter 4, if you were once darkness, now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Walk as children of light. Our flesh is weak. As Jesus told Peter, James, and John in the Garden of Gethsemane, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. The truth of the matter is, and I think we can all be honest with one another this morning, truth of the matter is, we are prone to wander away from God into sin. Our flesh is weak. When we try to live according to the strength of our flesh, it's not going to happen. We are prone to wander away from God into sin, every one of us. And so we understand and realize we can change from living God's way to living our way, from living wisely to living unwisely in the matter of seconds. A simple, quick decision can change the course of our day, can change the course of our way. Peter understood this personally. He understood this. It was practical to him and his walk with the Lord. And Peter told us, to be sober-minded, to be alert, to be very careful. Why? Because your adversary, the enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. So we need to be careful. Why do we need to be careful to walk wisely? Why should we be careful to walk wisely? Well, because our flesh is weak. That's why. We're one step away in our own strength and wisdom of turning away from God and turning right into sin. We need to be careful because our flesh 
is weak. Praise God, he saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, amen? Praise God, when he saved us, he placed his Holy Spirit in us. Praise God, his Holy Spirit empowers us to walk wisely. Praise God, his Holy Spirit empowers us to put his truth into practice in our lives. Praise God, his Holy Spirit empowers us to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. Praise God, his Holy Spirit empowers us to see and live life his way. So we need to be careful because our flesh is weak. Secondly, we need to be careful because time is short. So we need to be careful because time is is short. In verse 16, so pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of the time. Making the most of the time. That means to buy up. That means to buy out. It means to redeem. Making the most of the time comes from a verb that was taken from the business world in Paul's day, and it was a reference to the marketplace, and it was used to describe how a person would go into the market. And as they would go into the market, they would go and they would go shopping in the market. And as they were making their way, they were looking for a certain product or certain goods. And as they made their way into the marketplace, they noticed and found that a product that they were looking for, that they were wanting to purchase, was on sale. And not knowing how long the sale would last, but knowing and recognizing that it was a fantastic sale, that person would buy up. They would buy up. They would buy out that product. And what Paul was saying is what that person was doing was they were making the most of the time of the sale. They were redeeming the time of the sale. And so we need to be careful to walk wisely because our flesh is weak. We need to be careful to walk wisely because time is short. Time is short. The truth is we don't know if we are going to even be around tonight, tomorrow, or this week. We're not guaranteed tonight, tomorrow, or this week. None of us are. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, don't boast about tomorrow if you don't know what a day may bring. We don't know what this afternoon may bring for us. We don't know what this evening, we don't know what this week may bring for us. But what we do know is this, we have today. What we do know is this, we have right now. And so what God wants us to do is he wants us to be careful to live wisely, to walk wisely, because time is short. He wants us to make the most of the time. He wants us to buy up the time that we have. He wants us to redeem the time that we have. He wants us to make the most of the time we have here today, right now, to help others come to know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. He wants us to redeem the time that we have. Remember, Satan wants us to waste our time and opportunities from God. God wants us to make the most of our time and opportunities from him. Satan wants us to waste our time and opportunities from him. He doesn't want us to make an eternal difference for Christ Jesus. And so he is constantly sharing with you encouragement. Satan is constantly chirping into our minds. He's constantly trying to undo what God is trying to do in us. He's constantly, God is at work in us to will that his good purpose. God's at work in us. Remember, Satan's at work on us. He can't work in us because that's God's domain. The power of the Holy Spirit dwells within us, but he's going to try to work on us. And he's trying to turn us away from what God's trying to do in and through us. He doesn't want us to make an eternal difference. 
for Christ. And so he'll tell us, oh, you don't need to go and tell that person about Jesus. I mean, what, what are they going to think about you? They're gonna, it's going to change the way they think about you. You don't want to do that. You don't want to offend them. If you, tell them about Jesus, if you invite them to come to church, you're going to offend them. You're going to make everything feel uncomfortable. It's going to be weird. If you tell them about Jesus, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions because you know they really are a deep philosopher. And they're going to ask you so many questions. They're going to have your head spinning, and you're not going to know what to say. He'll try to discourage us from ministering to one another. Oh, no, 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 you don't have to go pray with them. They're doing good. You don't need to go pray for them. You don't want to go. Just let them alone. You can do it tomorrow. You can encourage them tomorrow. You don't need to worry about sending that text. No, I I know you're here with them, and I I I know it's just kind of, it is a little odd how God's worked it out for you to, Run into them right now, but you don't need to take that as anything. You just need to keep going in your way. Somebody else will take care of it for you. Somebody else will bless them. Somebody else will encourage them. Don't miss this point. Satan wants us to waste our opportunities. We waste God's time, money, and opportunities as we walk unwisely, as we live selfishly. We waste God's time, God's money, and God's opportunities that he gives to us as we live in anger towards one another. As we live in conflict with one another, as we just allow the conflict to continue, how unwise is that? How great of a waste of our time, of God's time that he's given us is that? Is living in conflict with one another, is giving one of the silent treatments? That is, that is one of the key descriptions of living unwisely. Where on earth does wisdom enter into that? of allowing the work of the Lord to be stopped because of our stubbornness and our selfishness. We waste the time and the money and the opportunities that God gives us when we refuse to forgive one another, when we refuse to listen to one another, when we refuse to love one another, when we refuse to even talk with one another. We waste the time and opportunities from God when we remain stuck in the past rather than living God's way today. And what Paul is saying is be careful, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise. Why? Because the flesh is weak. Why? Because time is short. Time is short. There's no time to waste. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Why live with the possibility of regrets today? Why let another moment pass when we are not loving our wives as Christ loved the church, when we are not loving and encouraging one another, when we're not submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, when we're not communicating with one another in love, when we're not loving one another like Christ loved us, when we're not loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, when we're not telling others the truth about Jesus, when we're not shining the light of Christ, when we're not going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything God's painted us. I don't want to waste any more time. You make the most of the time. Buy up the time that God's given you. Redeem the time that God's given you. We don't know how much he's going to give us. And we don't know what's going on in those other folks' lives. We also don't know how much time God's going to give us. We don't know how much time God's going to give them. We don't know. You see, we 
commit to make the most of the time. We commit to redeem the time. We commit to buy up the time that God gives us and the opportunities that God gives us as we commit to bless and to encourage and to forgive and to help and to love and to minister and to serve and to witness to others in Jesus' name. Listen, every single day, we need to simply say to God throughout the day, God, who do you want me to bless today? God, who do you want me to love today? God, who do you want me to encourage today? God, who do you want me to pray for today? God, who do you want me to pray with today? God, how do you want me to buy up the time that you're giving me right here and right now? God, how do you want me to? Notice, all we can do is ask the Father to allow us those opportunities, and we are responsible for us. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Responsible for us. God, who do you want, who do you want me to be the hands and feet of Jesus to today? God, yeah, I, I know I'm tired. I know it's been a long day. God, I, I've worked hard. God, it was tough at the office. I understand. Folks weren't nice. Folks were mean. I get it. I'm exhausted. I don't feel well. I understand. I get it. Be careful. Make the most of the time. Time is short. God, who? God, who? Who? Who do you want me to bless? Because, God, before I lay my head down, I want to make sure in your strength, for your fame and name, I want to make sure that I have made the most of the time that you have given me today. And God, where I've failed, where I've missed the mark, where I've been selfish, not selfless, where I've given into the flesh instead of walking in the Spirit, God, would you forgive me? And God, as you choose to wake me up tomorrow, God, would you help me? to make the most of the time you give to me. See, we got to be very careful. Our flesh is weak. we got to be careful. Time is short. we got to be careful. People need Jesus. He said, making the most of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. The days are evil, verse 16. We need to be careful to live wisely, to walk wisely, because the days are evil. We need to be careful to walk wisely because people need Jesus. People need Jesus. Remember now, we live in a world that is fallen. We live in a fallen world. We live in a crooked and depraved generation, as Paul said. We live in a sin-darkened world, separated from God. We live in a world that's blinded to the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ. And the truth of the matter is, we were once not only in this world, but we were of this world. We were part of this world at one point in time. As Paul told us, for you were once dead in your sins and trespasses in which you used to live according to the ways of this world. But God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. But God, rich in grace and mercy, made us alive with him in Christ Jesus. But God chose to clothe us in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We are now in this world, but we are no longer of this world, right? Amen? We're no longer of this world. As Peter told us, as he shared, he said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're a people for his own possession. So that you may declare the praises of the one who calls you out of the darkness of sin and in the marvelous light of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
God has called us out of sin. He's called us to the Savior, Jesus. As the psalmist said in Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. We have been rescued from the domain of darkness and we've been transferred into the kingdom of the Son. He loves Jesus Christ. And we need to make the most of the time. We need to be careful to walk wisely. Why? Because people need Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, we are witnesses for Jesus. And so we need to make the most of the time that God's given us to help others come to know Jesus, to bless others through Jesus, to love others like Jesus, to point others to Jesus. We need to make the most of the time to minister to, to love, and to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Teach me, God, to number my days carefully. Teach me. God, so that I may develop wisdom in my heart because it's that wisdom from you that, Father, will allow me to see and live life your way. It's that wisdom for you that allow me to be careful, to walk wisely, not unwisely. And to make the most of the time that you've given to me to help others come to know Jesus and be a blessing to those, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. This was the theme of Paul's writing. Paul said in Galatians 6, let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, say that with me out loud, as we have opportunity, again, as we have opportunity, let's work for the good of all, especially those, get this now, let's work for the good of all people, but especially those who are the household of faith especially those who are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Pay careful attention then to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. Guess what? We have the time right now. We have the opportunity right now. So let's walk in the word. Let's show what we know. Let's live what we've learned today. And let's make the most of the opportunity that God has given to us right here and right now. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us. Time to